You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. So what defines a purposeful brand? According to a study by The Guardian US, an award-winning online publisher of American and international news, taking meaningful action on a genuine societal need and documenting actual impact of the behaviors consumers want to see from a brand. Taking it a step further, the study found that purposeful brands focus on being impactful, helpful, trustworthy, effective, and authentic, the five pillars of a purpose program. Even the media platforms brands use to tell their purpose stories are important to consumers, most notably online and print publications. And the more purposeful an advertiser is perceived to be, the more likely consumers are to take an action, such as sharing a blog post about the brand, following the brand on social media channels, or buying the product or service being advertised. To discuss these findings in more detail, as well as the importance of brand safety, I am joined by Joyce Parenti, Vice President of Marketing Solutions at The Guardian US, and her colleague, Alexis Schwartz, Executive Director and Head of Purpose Partnerships. Joyce, Alexis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. So Alexis, I wanna start with you. Guardian Media Group became a certified B Corporation in 2019. What led the organization to pursue that designation and how has it benefited all your stakeholders? B Corp is just one of several commitments that The Guardian has made to demonstrate our focus on sustainability and purpose-led business practices. It really differentiates us in the media landscape, along with our climate pledge and the fact that we're, we are aligning with science-based targets and gender pay targets. Um, you know, We were the first major international media organization to become a certified B Corp. And what it does is it measures our performance across five areas, governance, workers, community, engagement, excuse me, environment and and customers. And, you know, we have to recertify that every three years. So it really keeps us accountable. And we're in the process of doing that now. So talking about accountability, you know, a lot of companies talk about the idea of purpose, but it's important to us that we demonstrate it to our supporters, to our staff, that we're doing more than just talking. We're actually acting on the things like our working practices, how we recruit, our environmental performance, and how we support local communities. So, you know, so it's a validation of our work that we do every day at The Guardian internally, but it's also accountability for our extensive reporting that we produce on the topic of sustainability, climate, DEI, social equity, and justice. You know, we can't report on what others are doing if we're not doing it ourselves. Alexis, I just want to ask a follow-up question. So, you know, I mentioned at the top that demonstrating impact is critically important to a purposeful brand, and you mentioned demonstrating your efforts as well. Do you think that often gets lost you know, when you look at the purpose landscape? I do sometimes think it gets lost, but I also think that customers hold us accountable. They're mm-hmm. smarter than you think. Right. So uh, Joyce, the Guardian's purpose is to give voice to the voiceless and hold power to account. What a, what a great purpose. How does marketing support that purpose and the work of your journalists? Well, it's actually a key narrative in our go-to-market. We identify and we share multi-series investigative reporting that resulted in impact, in change. This is not one and done reporting. We stick with the story and we document the outcome. And so then what does that say about our audience? You know, all things that are 
we think, attractive to advertisers, a well-informed audience, an engaged audience, a reader who's going to be an advocate and an, and an evangelist, and probably, you know, the influencer, the word of mouther within their social set as well. So we think those are all great things that halo over to the brand's messaging. They can touch and access that mindset when they're in our environment. Specifically to the question, though, I want to say this about our branded content team, G-Labs, a very savvy and adept group, and much of the custom work we do actually parallels our editorial voice and editorial mission. We can be those partners to really safeguard your messaging. We pride ourselves on being fully consultative and when necessary, letting the brand know, you know what, that's not going to (laughs) fly with this group of really savvy and well-informed people. So we bring the same ethos to the business side as you see on our editorial side. You mentioned partnerships, uh, Joyce. I want to turn now to Alexis as, as the head of partnerships. Talk about how you are building these partnerships with brands and what attributes do you look specifically uh, for in a partner? Well, thank you for that question. You know, in my role, I work to identify and build relationships and ultimately work with Joyce and her team to build multi-dimensional programs with organizations and corporations, both not-for-profit and for-profit um, who are interested in leaning into messaging around sustainability. So that could be planet, people, community. You know, they want to evangelize topics like sustainability, DEI, social equity, um, and ultimately, there's that word again, impact. You know, so the ideal purpose partners that I look for are those who share our beliefs and values and organizations who are passionate and committed to their efforts to do good. You know, organizations and corporations who walk their walk, like the Guardian U.S. walks our walk, um, because that really creates a, a true partnership that resonates with our readers. Stick with you, Alexis. I mentioned at the top that your purpose study identified five pillars of purpose, and I'll just repeat them again. Impactful, helpful, effective, trustworthy, and authentic. The latter two are credibility oriented. Can you talk about why being trustworthy and authentic are especially important? Uh, you know, in today's age of purpose washing and greenwashing and other types of washing. Oh gosh, my two favorite words, right? These there are a lot of companies that are doing good, right? And those who stay in their lane and do the right thing as it relates to their specific business. Um, or industry are really the ones that are perceived by customers and consumers as trustworthy and authentic. As I said in one of your first questions, consumers are smart. You know, they can identify who's just all talk and whose cause maybe doesn't align with their business. Um, In those scenarios, those are the campaigns that appear disingenuous or out of sync with the company's values or their actual business practices. And that's when the customer becomes skeptical. And that's when it's considered purpose or greenwashing. That's when you hear those claims. Uh, Joyce, your study also found that uh, the news media provides a proven lift for purposeful brand advertisers, as again, I mentioned at the top. Hoping you can just elaborate a bit more on that finding. Sure, sure. So the actual stat is that when advertising in a trusted news environment, 37% perceive the brand as being more purposeful, just automatically. And I'd love to share a verbatim from that study. Sure. 
I feel that advertising on The Guardian would validate the brand. I don't see The Guardian as a place for false or misleading advertisements. I would trust a brand that I saw advertised there. That's a great stat, you know, for us at The Guardian. But what what sticks out to me a little bit is the not a place for false or misleading advertisements. So people know there are places for false and misleading Mm -hmm. advertisements. And I, I, I know, you know, referencing a halo effect is kind of cliche, but environment, when you enter a site, you come with a certain amount of preconceived constructs. There is a daily New York tabloid that I go to every day because I feel I must, but I also go to it with a very large grain of salt. So premium news environments, if you have a trusted reputation, that's where folks are looking for the facts. And so if a brand shows up there, we think that sentiment kind of carries over. Well, that makes a nice segue to my next question for Alexis. So brands across categories are seen as more purposeful when they advertise on The Guardian in particular. So why is that? Well, I mean, really, can that's why readers come to The Guardian, right? They come for that credible quality journalism. You know, we don't have a paywall, which I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, and we strongly believe that paywalls breed inequity. Why should quality journalism only be available to those who can pay for it. You know, we're also not owned by anyone. We're sustained by a corporate trust, but we're supported by our readers, by advertising, and by philanthropic grants. But all of that is then reinvested in the editorial product, in in-depth quality reporting. Again, that that quality, that trustworthiness. So The Guardian is truly an independent journalism source. Um, As we like to say, we're open to all, we're funded by many, but we're beholden to no one. So, you know, why does all this matter? Well, because The Guardian Guardian has earned our readers' trust. We are their go-to credible news source, that source they go to every day, but probably don't come to us with a a skeptical mind. (laughs) They come to us, you know, because they know that we're going to give them the truth. And there's most definitely a rub off for our brand partners. You know, they trust the journalism, but they also trust the brands we choose to partner with and sub- subsequently their messaging. So it's a brand transference at work. You know, consumers judge a brand by the company it keeps. Hello, Beyond Profit listener. If you're looking to better understand how to define a brand's purpose that will ignite the hearts and minds of consumers in your workforce, be sure to register for The Purpose Advantage. This on-demand, fully interactive training course includes knowledge checks, activities, assessments, and resources and tools to help you become a more purposeful marketer. Learn more by visiting ana.net slash purposeadvantage. That's ana.net slash purposeadvantage. And now, back to the show. I'm speaking today with Joyce Parenti, Vice President of Marketing Solutions at The Guardian U.S., and her colleague, Alexis Schwartz, Executive Director and Head of Purpose Partnerships. Joyce, shifting gears to brand safety, why does The Guardian believe it's time to rethink block lists and wake up all the do-good work that brands are doing these days? Oh, boy. So this is such a peeve of mine, not a pet peeve, a peeve, a big fat (laughs) peeve. And for for your listeners out there, um, I would love to, uh, happy to share the white paper we did on this subject. BLM, Black Lives Matter content, monetized at 30% less than all other content on The Guardian US. Why? 
when I see these brands who've developed uh, creative media uh, to speak to marginalized communities, the climate crisis, women's issues, why don't they want to be in an environment where the work is being done to expose and remedy the societal ills that you say you're also trying to raise consciousness around to support that work? I mean, it makes me crazy. I think there are two things going on, or I know there are two things going on. One is there is this sort of blanket avoidance of news because of an assumed negative carryover to the consumer. Uh, one of our studies, though, did not bear this out, at least among the Guardian U.S. readers. 67% of Guardian U.S. readers said uh, advertising on trusted news sites does not negatively impact their view of the brand. In fact, we have data that shows targeting in premium news sites creates brand lift and additional ad dwell time. So engagement, that's what we're all fighting for, greater engagement of those eyeballs. We also broke that question down against specific topics, which I'll cite a little bit later, but those findings mimic the finding above. The second thing going on is um, programmatic, which I think is really broken. <laughs> those 2,000 plus word block lists. I mean, where do you think your messaging is ending up? It's ending up on subpar sites that are designed to gulp programmatic dollars. You're ending up on uh, modernferret.com. Is that where you really want to be? Is that where you're really going to make an impact? Um, which is not a real site, by the way. The domain name is available. <laughs> <laughs> But you get my point. <laughs> I get your point. Absolutely. So, Alexis, incredibly, a vast majority of articles from some of the foremost journalists in the world are being labeled unsafe, while they report on war zones and criminal justice reforms and the like. So talk about the effect that that has had on advancing the purpose movement. You know, it's it's definitely a challenge we face daily. I mean, to echo Joyce, you know, we've shared that the data that news environments are an accelerator to purpose and the perception of how purposeful a brand is deemed to be, it's there, right? All the data points are there. Yet, it's still a primary objective that we hear from advertising partners. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, companies who are communicating purpose seem to be more confident. Um, they recognize and appreciate the importance of credible journalism and the relevance, more, more importantly, for their initiatives. You know, They know it's timely environment, and they know people are there to read the headlines and beyond. And their own purpose messaging usually aligns with something that's going on in the news. So it's strategic to be where the audience's attention is. Mm -hmm. You know, most importantly, these partners recognize the influence of our audience. I mean, readers who are open to learn, they'll act as advocates, they'll evangelize for these brands, um, especially those that are doing good. So I do think that purpose advertisers come to the news in a little bit different aspect than a product ad. Joyce, I want to return to a topic that uh, you had alluded to um, a minute ago. So in light of my, my last question, can advertising on trusted sites negatively impact a brand's reputation? You know, are there topics that trigger negative sentiment out there? I think there are always going to be those outliers that their folks, for whatever reason, take umbrage. But brands need to do the right thing in this day and age and not give such great weight to assumed sentiments if it's just to assuage a, a minority. 
if they really want to have a seat at the sustainability table, right? They're just going to have to accept that there are always going to be some people who uh, are a, a vocal minority. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, in our brand safety study, we asked the question specifically against uh, specific topics and how it uh, impacted how they felt about the brand. And the topics were climate crisis, housing affordability, social racial, racial justice and equity, sustainability and gun violence. The majority say they would view the brand positively or have no negative perception. I want to end with a question for both of you. Another study from The Guardian showed that 77% of U.S. adults believe corporate America is capable of delivering solutions for the climate and sustainability. So, Alexis, I'll start with you. What does that tell you about where business is headed now? Well, you know, going back to what we we started with, that consumers are smart. You know, they get it. They understand that corporations need to make a profit. Um, they're ultimately beholden to their shareholders. And that being said, 61% say that promoting sustainability is really in the best interest of their stakeholders. Excuse me. You know, 57% said improving the environment and promoting profitability can lead to less government regulation. So they kind of look at it as a, a proactive strike. Um, and the, But they aren't Pollyanna either. For example, 51% believe that corporations prioritize short-term profits over the common good. So they know in the end, the corporation still has to make money. Um, so the net-net is that consumers believe that corporations are capable of and should be part of the solution, and it's in their best interest to do so. Um, but they're also smart and realistic, and they know that ultimately profits still matter. Choice, I'll give you the last word. So what we found, just to clarify, was 77% of U.S. adults believe corporate America is capable of being both profitable and delivering sustainability solutions. So the way I read that is they got you, they believe in you, and they think you're up to the task to contribute solutions while also understanding that you've got to drive a profit. Another stat, 70% believe corporate America can do an equal to or greater job in terms of sustainability efforts than governments, NGOs, or nonprofits. And I'd like to, again, share a verbatim. I'm a big verbatim fan. We have a long way to go before we reach true sustainability, but corporations can be leaders in the effort while still being profitable. They They want to see you leading the charge. Another um, word that popped out in our verbatims over and over again was innovation. They believe being innovative is something that's always going to drive you toward a profit. So, you know, as Alexis said, they they get the nuances of, of the situation. Alexis, Joyce, thank you so much for joining me on Beyond Profit. I greatly appreciate it. To learn more about The Guardian, please visit theguardian.com. That's theguardian.com. And if you'd like to recommend a guest or a topic for this podcast, please email me at brandpurpose at ana.net. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network. Powered by Odyssey.